Hey guys, it's me again, and I just wanted to list off our patrons. We got a bunch more lately. It's been incredible. Uh, without further ado, I'm just going to read off this week's patrons. So, this week we want to give a special shout out and thank you to Nick. Hope Van Gunten. I didn't, I'm sorry, I probably butchered that. Duane Magyesi. Butchered that one too. <laughs> um... Hashtag Team Slurpee, Cindersoul, The Bat Sammy, Tommy Fitzpatrick, Morgan Coburn, Miss Chaotic Evil, Robo Ghost World, Pacific S. Obadiah, Stephen Jennings, The Sosuke, and Kenneth Shaughnessy. Thank you guys so much again. It's really incredible just how much you guys give to us. Enjoy the show. It will be a really good episode. Hi everyone, it's Dana here. I'm just going to take care of the announcements up top. As opposed to having a mid-break, there's really not much to announce this time around. So I just want to thank all of you for supporting the show. If you haven't yet, please follow us on Twitter at MeddlingPod. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. That would be super great and helpful. We really, really appreciate the support and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. The following podcast contains material which may not be suitable for all listeners. Full content warnings are available in the show notes. Previously on Meddling with Monsters. Dane is going to go a little bit more ham, even biting with his own actual teeth. You fucking chomp the shit out of everything. Hell yeah. <laughs> you all outside hear another last gasp of works. At this time, it's cut off like the wind has been knocked out of it. And then its body begins to turn to ash and flake off. And in a matter of moments, this gigantic, terrifying creature has just been reduced to black chaff on the wind. You smell, it's a little bit faint, but it's strong enough for you to pick up on it, you smell smoke. And now your worst suspicion has been confirmed because the fire and the smoke are coming from where Astrid's house should be. M gestures over and actually picks something up off the ground. It's a metal plate, and it seems to have been left at the entrance of the door, almost as if someone expected you to come in here. It's a large metal plate, and scratched onto it in block letters is the message, this is for killing my dogs. Most days in our lives are fundamentally forgettable. They begin, they end, and then they bleed into the stream of the other hundreds and thousands of days that have come and gone before. This has not been one of those days, Ashton. The past 24 hours have seen you make several new friends, make some intriguing discoveries about yourself and your world, all leading up to being nearly consumed alive in the stomach of a massive sea monster. That would have been well more than enough activity for a single day, but there has been one last cruel twist. 
Rather than coming back to your home in what should have been a moment of triumph, returning to rest and recuperate from the climactic battle you have just fought, you have instead returned to find a burnt out husk in its place. With many of your treasures and keepsakes reduced to ash, you sit in the dying embers of your house, holding Slurpee close to you, fearing that if you let go, she may be lost alongside the destruction around you. What do you do? Um, he's still pretty beat up about the whole, you know, his house being burned down. It's been a few minutes, right? He yeah, hasn't recovered. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unlike, unlike for us, how it's been, you know, two weeks, it has only been a few seconds since this has all come crashing in on him. Wave of emotion. He doesn't make any noise, but anyone who could catch a glimpse of it would see, like, there is one or two tears running down his face Aww. as he sits there. He's just petting Slurpee, just rubbing her back and sitting there. He's he's taking it in. Em actually goes and just... She doesn't touch you, but she goes over and just kind of like sits down and pets Slurpee next to you. She doesn't say anything. She just kneels down. Tempest, Cassandra, and Dane are a little bit out of commission at the moment. So you're the other one like left standing. What do you do? I think that Tempest hasn't seen Dane yet. The last time I saw them, they saw him run into the burning house. Now, where is he? So I think they're going to start looking around, seeing if there's a trail and be like, uh, hello? Y- you okay? Yeah, you look where the stairs are and you recognize like, okay, this whole part is sunken. Dane, you're still conscious. So you we probably hear like you stirring about trying to get the rubble off of you. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. Dane? You hear the sound of rubble being moved like a wooden beam or something or concrete. I don't remember the structure of the basement. Just stuff being moved and shifted off of them. I'm here. They will walk as quickly as they can while also watching their feet for rough boards and look over into the hole. Dane will continue pulling themselves out of the rubble, hold a small jar that they have clutched to their chest. I saved the void juice. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I thought it deserved more respect than that. Dane, are you finally just using the moniker for it? You've just given up at this point? Uh, Yeah, I've given up. (laughs) We broke Dane. (laughs) Tempest just leans over. Their eyes go wide. Holy shit, are, are you okay? Mm. How hurt am I from having a house collapse on me? I cannot remember. I We assigned you some level of harm from it. I can't remember exactly. I mean, you're you're durable, right, Dane? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, are you like utterly incapacitated? You're probably simultaneously maybe the most beat up and most okay of the group just owing to your general sturdiness. You probably feel a little sore. Even just, you know, sort of engaging your muscles as much as you have throughout the entire course of today, you're probably feeling a little bit, but you're not like, you know, about to die or collapse or anything. You're just very sore. Dan will just take their hand and like crack their neck. (sighs) A little sore, but it's a good kind. You are fucking insane. Do you need a hand up? No. They'll stand up from the rubble. I've been imagining them like 12 feet down. Yeah, just about like 12 feet down. If he fell like from the top stairs down through those and then down through the bottom (laughs) stairs to the floor of the basement. Yeah, you fell quite away, bud. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. So you're definitely feeling sorry. The fact that the structure hadn't completely collapsed. It probably managed to sort of break the fall at least a couple times, but yeah. So Tempest definitely is standing at what would have been the stairwell 10 to 12 feet below, which I'm guessing, is that why you're asking for their hand? Like, do they need to be able to... Yeah, do we need to find a way to get them out of the hole in the ground? Dan looks around and is like, hmm, I should be fine. Stay there, though. Yeah, I 
I think so. <laughs> and Dane will start going collecting the stuff that hasn't been ruined. And as they're picking up things there. Where is Slurpee? She's, um, she's fine. And where? And Cassandra. Cassandra? <laughs> um, M stands up. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, and they walk over out to the front door. Oh, I just kind of passed out in the driveway. Should I pick her up? Yes. Fuck. Is All right. Where, where should, should I bring her inside? In the recovery position. Got it. Okay. Again, you know, she is not as big as you, Dane, but you guys do see M just come in. They're holding Cassandra carefully, kind of like Dane would, and they sort of try to find the less burnt spot of the couch to try to set. <laughs> they look at the couch. They can't tell if it's going to hold and they try to lightly tap it and it just collapses like, <laughs> oh, oh, all right. And so they try to find like a wall or something to position Cassandra up against. All right. So Dane will start tossing some stuff up to Tempest, whatever <laughs> is intact. They catch it. If you're in the basement, you're probably like finding things that are in like metal cases or in anything that was wood or in like a wooden crate or anything is probably scorched to hell. Dane will avoid those things. This is an important question, Ashton. Is there anything down there that if exposed to fire might react in some in any way, dangerous or otherwise. I'm going to get blown up. <laughs> <laughs> this is how Dane dies for real again. I mean, Dane might see it or it might see the aftermath of something that's happened. I'm just, I was kind of curious about that last week. I remember earlier, a couple of episodes earlier, I did mention there was like one wooden crate over in the corner. Yeah, it was like different pieces of wood or something. I remember it. Yeah, different pieces of wood. That's untouched. Doesn't look like Love it's that. affected by the fire at all. I know we mentioned there is a mannequin that caught fire and was basically just like... The fire was like all different kinds of colors and stuff as it burned. That's definitely like falling apart and crumpling in the corner as well, mm. in a separate corner. There is a small wooden statue of Buddha that now that it is on fire, it is still on fire. Oh, all right. Yeah, I think that's a good enough assortment. So you, you see some of these things, which honestly is maybe not as bad a situation as, as it could be, um, depending on Those what Those are the things that there. survived, sorry. I, I mean more like at least in terms of stuff catching on fire, like nothing blew up or anything. No, no gunpowder. There's nothing you know. explosive at this place. Yeah, good. I mean, you know how to take better care of your stuff than anything like that. So, you know, you hand up some of that stuff. Tempest, you kind of grab it. I'm just picturing Dane accidentally throws up something heavy and Tempest goes to catch and just gets bowled over like a bowling pin. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, God, uh, I, I got it. I got you. And M lifts the heavy thing off. Thanks. You're good. Yep. After a little bit or tossing up what they can, Dane will come up and join everyone else. How'd they get up? And ignoring everybody else, go straight to Cassandra. How did you get up, though? <laughs> How did, um, did you even, just jump? You could climb up on the pile of rubble and try to kind of lift yourself up that way. Or I could just, you know, uh, do what I did at the lighthouse and just use my hands. <laughs> straight into the concrete. <laughs> No, yeah, but that's um, badass. Yeah, they will find a way to climb up or jump up or not so gracefully parkour their way up. <laughs> and so you go over to Cassandra. Yeah. What are you doing? Making sure she's okay. Yeah. Actually, then roll. You tell me if you think this is a read a bad situation, like you're actually concerned something could be seriously wrong with her. If it's just an investigative mystery, like you're kind of trying to, you know, check over and see if you can learn anything from how she is. Oh, no, just making sure that they're OK. That's all that Dane cares about. I would say then read a bad situation just because okay. you're concerned that something might be actually wrong with okay. them. What'd you get, bud? Hmm. Uh, I believe that's a six. <laughs> what I tell you, I leveled up. <laughs> <laughs> you go over to help. 
um, Dane to look and Cassandra mm-hmm. just starts stirring, but more than just normal dream stirring, maybe not quite like a seizure, but a little bit similar. You switch into, oh, I'm going to try to figure out how to help to, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> I mm-hmm. think it's, it looks maybe a little bit worse than what you have seen before. Someone else, though, I, I worry that Ashton's allowed a commission. Tempest, you see this happening. Do you try to do anything to help? Yes, I would like to. Is that a move thing or is that just a roleplay thing? That would be help out would be yeah, the move. Great. And I roll. Yep. And this is plus cool. Now, um, yes, it's just plus cool in this case. I don't have any cool. It's fine. That's one. It fell off my desk. That's a 10. On a plus 10, your help grants some plus one to their roll. So you get basically a seven now, Dane. So what, what do you what do you do? I should have asked you what you did before you had your roll. But anyways, what do you what do you do? Hmm. I think, yeah, if you said they look like they're having a seizure. It's kind of that way. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what I know about that. And by extension, what Tempest would know. I think they would just like start moving things away from their heads so they don't bang into anything, that kind of thing. The typical things one would do in that situation if one doesn't know shit about magic. Yeah, we've sort of established Tempest is sort of like half mundane, half expert. In a way, you not jumping to magic assumptions is just like, okay, we should probably do the practical thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, this this looks like a medical problem until smoke starts pouring out of their eyes. Yeah. So Tempest kind of helps you get a few things like out of the way, make sure they're all right. And that helps you hold Cassandra a little bit to stop the maybe Dane. And what are you trying to ask here? What are you trying to learn? Just trying to figure out what I can do to help them. Uh, what's the best what, way to protect yeah, the victims, yeah, what's right? the, yeah, essentially, what's the best way to defend them? So there's the obvious things that Tempest has kind of been taking care of. So making sure they can't move to do anything to hurt themselves. That can be done. The other thing that you notice, Dane, is the last time Cassandra woke up from one of these dreams, Mm -hmm. they were in a pretty distressed state. So I think actually what you know is that there's not a ton you can do to get them out of it. But what you can try to do is make sure that they're going to be okay once they wake up. So them waking up alone or in a strange place is not going to be good for them when this happens. Well... I mean, that fits in line with what Dane was probably going to do anyway. And uh, Dane is just going to hold them close okay. and tight. So so we will actually then cut to Cassandra and Dane, except now it is in Cassandra's memories. Cassandra, you can tell me when in your relationship with Dane this is or like what the context is. But you two are hunting something. You take it away with that prompt. <laughs> so this would be when Cassandra is pretty young, pretty early in Cassandra's and Dane's relationship. Like Cassandra would be around... I'd probably say closer closer to 20 at this point, and they are hunting down something. <laughs> they haven't figured it out yet, but they've managed to track something down. And where are you? They are currently in a desert. Why are you out here? What, what evidence did you have to be out here? Was it just a hunch? Did you have a, you know, uh, yeah, okay, so you had a hunch. Yeah. What was your hunch about what was going to happen? There was a hunch that, well, that there was going to be an attack, that someone was out there alone in the desert. There were already rumors of something taking down people out in the desert, but people just assumed it was coyotes or something. But Cassandra had a feeling that it was something much bigger than that. Okay, y'all two can take it away. This is your scene. (sighs) This one feels bigger than last time. I really don't have a good feeling about this one. Are they they ever good feelings? No, no, it's just... It's like this one's squeezing my insides. Does that mean it's something that's going to try and squeeze us to death? (laughs) Might do worse. I don't know how worse squeezing death can be. I mean, 
being eaten alive? Perhaps. But you will not feel like you are popping, like a pimple or a balloon. Have you had experience with that? They kind of dart their eyes. No. <laughs> Anyways, we have to get there before, you know, somebody does get hurt. But that is the problem. We do not know where we are going. All I know is that it's near some sort of rock formation. But Dane not. gestures out to the desert. There are many rocks off in the distance. <sighs> hmm. Dane will kick a rock along. I wish something would attack us already. Did you get anything else from your hunch? It was fuzzy. It was just... That feeling was real fuzzy. They don't... So far from what I've learned, they don't give me much. Hmm. But it just could be that I'm new to these powers still. You will understand them with time. As it took for me many years. You said there would be an attack at a rock formation. Yeah. And that we must save someone who is there to attack any local settlements. Perhaps someone wandering the desert. A vagrant. Or someone dropped out here. Another monster, perhaps. I don't know, Dane. I mean... The attacks were against, you know, people just hiking through the desert, so... Maybe somebody who got dragged off? Maybe. This thing? I don't know. There is a nearby trail from what I remember on the maps. Perhaps we should head that way. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Mm. To the places where these hikers frequent. Okay, so the two of you start walking down, you know, walking down the trail kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have y'all brought any, like, I'm just, just to get a visual, have y'all brought, like, camping supplies or something, thinking maybe you'd have to stay the night? Are you expecting whatever's going to happen to happen, like, within the hour or something? I'd say yes. Uh, some supplies were brought. Dane oh. just has their sword. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's pretty much the image I had in my head, is Cassandra like, oh, we should probably be, like, prepared. And Dane is like, I just, I will sleep with my sword. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, uh, you can carry all the stuff then. <laughs> Yeah, Dane just has this, like, big hiking backpack, and they're just, like, walking. <sighs> Have you tried the cactus juice? Excuse me? Dane will walk over to a nearby cactus. They will take their sword, and they will lop off no. a piece. No! <laughs> to grow decades, Dane. Decades! Dane doesn't care. Dane is old enough to have watched this cactus grow since the beginning of its life. So, yeah. and then it's I have planted this cactus at the be- um, when it was just a little, a little sproutling, yeah. and now uh, it is ready to harvest. And Dane walks up to the cactus like, Hello, Fred. It is time to yield your harvest. Slice. <laughs> this is good. 
Yeah. Okay. So you slice off a piece of cactus and I assume you hand it or in some way give it to Cassandra to drink from. Offer it to them with it stuck to their hand. I don't think that's safe. Or at least not for me to drink. <laughs> Dane shrugs and he takes a bite out of the cactus. <laughs> uh, now, importantly, do you take a bite out of it, spines and all? Yes. Oh, God, of fucking course you do. God, that's cursed. <laughs> the two of you are walking as Dane is munching on his cactus slice. <laughs> and as you are walking, the trail does take you by those rock formations. And you actually find some which look sort of weirdly, like almost kind of laid out. Not like they were planned necessarily or structured, but sort of vaguely circular. You walk over there and you notice that there's actually a tent. Someone has a tent set up kind of in the middle and there's like some lights on in the tent. It looks like they have a little small campsite set up. Dane points. Yeah, that, I think. Uh... Oh, God. No. I have no thoughts in this head. <laughs> For I am a simple himbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> Clyde couldn't stop ahead, playing Cassandra. himbos if you put a gun to his head. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, uh, I, yeah, yeah, that, uh, that, that looks like it. We will see if the monster lies within or if this is its prey. Dane will walk up. <laughs> no hesitation. Cassandra will follow. You, you walk up to the tent. It's not a huge circle. It's a few yards across, but it's big enough for there to be a, a tent in the middle. Yeah, as you get closer, you hear the tent unzip and just a regular looking kind of guy steps out like, oh, do y'all... Um, he looks a little nervous because you're walking up to his tent, mm -hmm. uh, understandably. So it might be he's like, uh, y'all uh, need anything? Dane will turn to Cassandra. Obviously, pray. <laughs> God damn it, Dane. Weird thing to say, Dane. Weird thing to say. <laughs> Do you say that loud enough that oh, he yeah. would hear it? Oh, yeah. This is before the whole subtlety thing. Yeah. He looks, understandably again, very alarmed and like he doesn't he kind of he kind of freezes up a little bit though like it's sort of as i think most of us would if a very tall man covered in scars came up and said to a very short person with them probably pray uh, cassandra you see this happening i think you probably spent enough time dane to know about the lack of subtlety problem what what do you do oh cassandra's like holding their hands and just like don't don't mind him He's very much of the, um, let me look at him. Subtlety is not his thing. Uh, I'm very sorry for the, for spooking you like that. Okay. Did y'all need something? Are you going to be attacked? Oh, <laughs> I'm... People skills from 100. Am I? I, um... He actually, he's starting to like look for, ooh, this is about, you know, what, a good seven years ago, probably, right, Cassandra? Uh, yeah, so it'd be close to 20. So yeah, around, actually, yeah, around nine to 10 years ago. Okay, so the cell phones would still be a thing. Maybe not yeah. always everyone with smartphones, but he does start, uh, like, kind of seem like reach for a cell phone. Like, he's trying to open it, see if he's got, like, surface out here. <laughs> he looks, I mean, if anything, I'm probably underplaying how nervous he is. He, I think he's sort of, uh, maybe he didn't come out, you know, with, like, a bunch of weapons or anything like that. So I don't know that his, if he was that type of person, he probably would have reached for a gun or something by this point. But he's kind of trying to figure out <laughs> how to defuse this situation or what it is that you all want. Because I'm just like... Uh no, no, no. It's it's about the attacks that have been happening recently. We're looking into them. Are y'all like park rangers or something? Without the restrictions. Okay. 
<laughs> they just look. <laughs> Dane just looks at them, unblinking. Yeah, I'm aware of of the attacks. Um, you know, I'm. I'm I thought I was pretty safe. I'm starting to question that a little now. Um, <laughs> did you need anything from me? Did... I think this one, this one may be it. What? Dean. What? Subtlety. What if we use them as bait? Dean, we're not going to use anybody as bait. Not outwardly. <sighs> um, if y'all don't need anything, I'm gonna go back in my tent now. <laughs> it would probably be safer for you. Okay. And they just <laughs> 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 Cassandra, Cassandra's just kind of like just standing there, pinching, pinching the bridge of their nose. Just, just being like, ah. What? You really need to learn how to be more subtle. Just, you know. I, you know, I not... can be subtle. Can you? If I really try. Can you really try today? Dane will go and crouch behind a rock. <laughs> I am being subtle. The guy unzips the tent. It's like, I'm sorry, I just left something out. Just in time to see Dane crouching. <laughs> <laughs> and their eyes just get big and they just again slowly zip the tent back. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Sandra just has so a much. hand a hand over their face and it's just like, Dane. <laughs> what? This is where we're camping, is it not? Yes, yes it is. Cassandra, actually, I'm going to give you this then. Your hunches kind of do flare up a little bit more, and you do get the sense that it, it is this person who's going to be hurt, and that um, we talked about how it's a bad feeling in your gut that sort of guides you a little bit as to what actions to take. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the action that you know you need to take is to get this person out of their like campsite, out of this you know rock formation, just out of this place. Cassandra will then just walk over the day and be like, we need to get this person out of this place. Do I have to be subtle about it? We'll see. Mm. Who knows, maybe scaring them away will help, but um, I'd rather keep that as a last resort. No. A last resort then. Yeah. Fine. Dane will walk over to the tent. We'll grab the top of the tent. Start shaking it. Hey. I need God. to speak to you. God damn it. <laughs> Cassandra, you get a sense that Dane... The action that Dane is taking is making your gut feeling worse. Dane, please stop. Dane interfering in this situation is not helping. Yeah. Dane... Hey, what? They just started to go, ah, dad, stop, stop. I just want to talk. Dane. Mm, stop what? it. 
Fine. Dane will let go of the tent and walk away. Mind you, Dana's not been in communication with people before Cassandra for like 60 or 70 years. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. That's a good detail. Oh, That's how detail. surprising. This is, this is uh, just this a little note as to why they're acting this way. <laughs> that still fits with the timeline we've set up for them, so that tracks. Mm-hmm. Cassandra will instead go over and, um, hey, I'm, I'm very sorry about my uh, friend's behavior, uh, but I, we do need to talk to you, or at least I need to talk to you. Why, what, what do you want? It's not, it's not safe here. It, it, it really Yeah, is. no, that's become very evident uh, very quickly. Yeah, yeah, um... Listen, like I said, because of the the constant attacks, it's it's really not a safe place to camp here. Okay. Why are you here then? Because we're the ones checking it out. Without restrictions, right? Yeah. Why why do you know like it's happened a couple points throughout the like I mean, you know, I'm not inexperienced. Uh I brought some stuff to be oh, I thought it's safe enough until now, but um <laughs> Who who are you? And that Cassandra just holds out a hand. It's like I'm Cassandra. They're still in the tent. They can kind of see you from the just sort of light. They could see you kind of doing that outside the tent. They unzip it. And they're like, um, who's 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 your friend? That's Dane. I don't like Dane. He's intimidating yeah yeah that's an accurate way of describing him yeah <laughs> i mean you seem okay why do you hang out with him i mean i mean we seem to click pretty are well. you are you okay is he oh, like kidnapping no, you or no, something i'm okay i'm okay he no <laughs> no actually we've we've been traveling together for a bit and he saved my ass quite a few times okay um i i think like i appreciate the warning i'm gonna be good here Again, I emphasize that it's really not a good idea to stay here. Um, uh, as he's stumbling over his words, uh, I'm going to, if y'all are okay with this, the because I live in California, the desert I have been envisioning is one in California. Yeah. Okay. The ground begins to shake. As it occasionally does happen in California. Anyone who lives in California yeah, tell you that. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> the ground begins to shake right as you say, like, it's not a good place. Um, and he, like, he does let out a laugh, like, from inside the tent. <laughs> Dane cackling in the background. Please be a burrower. Please be a burrower. <laughs> sandworm, sandworm, sandworm. And then it dies down, like, a little bit. He unzips his tent and kind of steps out. Like, breathing a little bit heavily, because uh, so many terrible things have happened to this poor individual so quick. <laughs> and he stands up. He starts to back away from you, Cassandra. He's like, okay, I don't know who you are. I just know I was having a perfectly nice evening outside until you and whoever that is <laughs> showed up. And again, he's like proceeding. He's taking steps back further and further into the center of the circle. No, no. Listen, I have a way of knowing things, okay? I just... What do you even mean by that? The reason why I'm telling you it's not safe here. A way of no... And 
then there's another shake. Dane draws their sword. He's stepping further back into the oh, circle. Please, just come come over here, please. It's not safe. I think I'm good. He, you know, he's just, he's again, he's kind of like, he doesn't, he's sort of doing that thing almost like you do if, if a wild animal comes up to you. You don't turn your back and run. You sort of back up slowly, keeping your face to them like an experienced hiker might do. And he's like, it's just, are you... It's, it's probably just, it's just an earthquake, right? And then that other one was just an after. And then right when he says that, something just burst up from the ground and you see a massive insect. It looks like, um, you don't know what an antlion looks like? An antlion larva? Yeah. Uh, it looks kind of like that. And they have this thing where they burrow and then they grab stuff and just, it sticks them. It's not huge. It's not, you know, like our big rainbow kraken or our big monster friend. It, but it's like at least two Dane sizes of, a, of an antlion, which is pretty sizable. And it just spears the guy and comes up and drags him down before it can drag him down, like literally right before he just disappears under the earth. He just sort of locks eyes with you, Cassandra, with this expression of just sheer, utter terror. And then he's just gone back under the sand. Dane running forward and dives into the hole. <laughs> okay, Dane, you disappear into the hole with it. Cassandra, what did you do? Cassandra is standing there in shock. A look of terror on their face. Yeah. Okay, is, is that it? Yeah. Dane, I think... Cassandra hears some noises underground and then you just appear with like the head of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you can just come back from the sand a little bit later. I think we got it. Didn't put up as much of a fight as I would like. And this tosses the head. When you toss the head, it lands at um, Cassandra's feet and you look and Cassandra's still just standing there like in shock. Like maybe even with their hands still kind of like reached out because they were trying to help the person and they're just frozen. Cassandra. They kind of wave their hand in front of their face. Sandra's just breathing heavily, just processing what's happened right in front of them before just dropping their arm and just slowly looking to Dane, their eyes still wide with terror. I think I'm cursed, Dane. Dane shrugs. No one ever listens to me. They just die. I mean, I'm still here, aren't I? That's because you listened. No one else does. Every time I try, every time I try to help somebody, they're just, just pushes them away into the danger and then they die. Anytime anybody, someone joins us, they die. I'm fucking cursed, Dane. Because of that shit my family did to me. You see Dane's hand twitch and like almost reach out. But then he stops himself. These things happen. Cursed or not, people die. I don't, I don't have to. You don't have to. Just somebody else listened. Maybe they are not meant to listen. Maybe they are not meant to hear you. A curse is a curse. But it is nothing so insignificant. If it would help you sleep at night, or to continue on, perhaps it would be better for you to think that there is a better reason for this being inflicted upon you. No reason why you yourself have not died. 
Like what, Dane? Like what? Every night my dreams are plagued with a swirling void of of everything that happened that night. I can't think of I can't think of anything. Anything good about this. I slowly feel it prying at my mind. I feel it seeping into my body. And there are days I fear it'll just take over just me. And all that's left is just going to be a husk. Dane will crouch to their level. That is what still makes you human. It is so easy to give in. To just let this power run rampant. To let it become everything you are. You are still Cassandra. When you let that go, then you will stop being you. And then what all? What will it all have been good for? Persevering this long. I may be a monster. But there are still parts of me, like you. I will not let you walk this road alone. You're terrible at talking to other people, but you're damn good at motivational speeches. When you say that, that line, Dane, and and you say that, Cassandra, supposed to be a sweet moment, and I think maybe even in the moment it was. You say that, Cassandra, y'all ever seen that effect it's used in movies. I forget exactly what it's called, but it's basically where they pull the camera back and zoom it in at the same time. And it seems like the whole world sort of pulls back from the oh, uh, character in focus. Stretching it. Yeah. Cassandra, basically everything around you seems to just, including Dane, just pull infinitely away. It doesn't disappear, but it just pulls away. And you in that moment feel completely hopelessly far away from anyone and anything. Even though you're technically still there, everything just feels hopelessly far off and distant from you. Um, hmm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) God, it's like, (laughs) it's a dolly zoom, by the way. That's what it's called. Thank you, a dolly zoom. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I will say, Cassandra, like you feel that sinking feeling in your gut that something is wrong, except unlike with your other hunches, there's no solution provided along with it. It's just a gut feeling of something wrong and bad and awful. And this is like feeling... A lot worse than the other hunches. You feel like something is almost pressing, like you said, that sort of pressing in on you. Like it feels, it does feel worse. And again, the other hunches come with a an action to them. This isn't, this, there's no action to this. It's just like a panic attack, essentially. Upon that feeling, Cassandra's just kind of like crouch and pull herself in on herself and just like start trying to control her breathing. Mm-hmm. You pause for a moment. You have your head like kind of maybe between your legs a little bit almost, like crouching, like looking down. Yeah. You look up for a second, you're no longer in the desert. You are sitting in the center of a black void. Uh, You again, feel that feeling of loneliness and being like, just not even loneliness doesn't begin to cover it, of just being, even if there are other people there that you are just so hopelessly far from ever being able to see another person or reach out to another person ever again. And then all at once around you, like in a dome or like the sky above you, all of these eyes open at once and look down at you. 
You simultaneously still feel hopelessly alone and hopelessly watched at the same time. And then you wake up in Dane's arms in the real world. Fuck. (laughs) Oh, Christ. And there's a moment like, you know, kind of waking out of a dream where it still sort of feels like that for a sec. Like almost your sense of space is messed up and you can see everything and everyone, but it still feels far away in a weird sort of way. Bitch has got issues. You're one to talk. You have mommy issues up the like. Listen, listen. Needed to lighten the mood because that was really depressing. I want to give them a hug. What do you do, Cassandra, when you wake up? When Cassandra wakes up, their eyes are wide, wide in terror. And they're breathing heavily and just for a moment, they're still in that moment where they perceive everything around them, but they're not really in that space yet. And then slowly as they start feeling it, they're just they're just like looking around, trying to get a hold of where they are. Do you actually try to physically reach out to hold on to something? Yeah, like upon seeing Dane, we'll reach out and grab. Actually, is Dane wearing a shirt? Did he ever put his shirt back on? <laughs> I don't uh, think, I think so. Gosh. I think <laughs> this is the the holes and stuff in the poncho. Wait, no, no, no. Yeah. Oh, man. No. Yeah. They, they, I think you took off your shirt. Maybe you put it back on at some point, but you probably took off the poncho when you went to the battle mode or something. I don't remember. We can say you sweater. have the poncho on. <laughs> cross sweater. Yeah, and just reach out and grab onto the cloth, trying to find something to ground themselves. Yeah. You you do, and you sort of manage to grab it, but it, before you grab it, it sort of feels like that feeling when you're walking down the stairs at night, and there's one more stair than you're expecting before you hit the landing, and you like almost stumble, but you do grab onto it. And then once you grab onto Dane, everything starts to kind of come back and anchor you, but even when you reach, there's a weird bit where it feels almost like he's farther away than he should be. God, I hate that feeling. <laughs> Just Dane. Cassandra does not look good. They look about as bad as you've seen them in a bit. Dane, while holding them, will just kind of like quietly whisper, I'm here. I am here. Come back to me. Dane, is is that you? Are you actually really here? I'm here, Cassandra. I saw it all again. I felt it all again. But it did not happen again. These ones are alive. They are still with us. As am I. I don't want it to happen again. We will not let it happen again. And at that, Cassandra will just hug Dane. Dane will hug them back really Aww. tight. And this time it does, it feels better. Like you do feel better. You still have a fast heart rate and everything, Cassandra, but the world does seem to sort of shift back into its regular dimensions after you talk to Dane. So I imagine Ashton, you know, maybe you're still like, even while the stuff is happening with Cassandra, you're probably still sort of in your own little world a little bit, but do you start to come to at any point? Like what do, what do you start to do or think? I think right now he's doing what I do when I'm sad or when I'm just like overwhelmed. He's in his head. One hand would just be like petting Slurpee, just like keep doing that. But he will just be like off into space. And then after a little bit, he'll start. Tears will dry up a little bit and he'll wipe his face with the other hand. And he'll look over to a nearby wall that used to have paintings of all different kinds of people on it that his mother made when they stayed there one time. Some of the paintings, none of them are untouched. 
not all of them are burnt up. Yeah. That almost makes it worse because you can just see all the brushwork and everything, just half of it scorched away or whatever. Yeah, a lot of them are like either peeling or blackened and the frames are cracked and it's all... It's a lot. He looks to one of uh, a very beautiful woman sitting on a log in the middle of a forest. And he thinks back to when they were actually staying at this specific house. And, you know, it was off season. They weren't doing anything at the current moment. And he remembers his mother sitting on the porch and just painting for hours and just watching her. And it it hurts. It hurts to look at. All of his belongings are just gone. He's not saying anything. He he's uh, he doesn't have any words. He's barely even acknowledging that there are other people here. The one thing that snaps you out of it, Ashton, isn't actually any stimuli. It's just a sharp pain in your chest because oh yeah, shit, right, my ribs. Breathing is hard. <laughs> now I want um, to stick to the sort of mechanic. I believe we marked off on stable. Right. Yes, I am. So you're not stable. actively you're not actively getting worse, but your ribs are still broken. Yeah. And so getting up and moving around is not as you stand, your legs just sort of as your breathing kind of collapses, your legs uh, sort of give out under you and y'all hear or see Ashton fall down to the floor. Fuck, not again. And Slurpee kind of goes over to nudge at him and look at him concerned. Yeah. <sighs> Trying to get y'all's attention to look over. I think Tempest just rolled their eyes and go, for fuck's sake, not another one and go over and check on it. <laughs> Keeps falling over. Um, read about situation, uh, Tempest, to just sort of see, like you know, what Excellent. you can Excellent. figure out about Ashton's condition. Where marine okay. biologist turned medic. <laughs> Tempest, like one semester first aid course in undergrads, coming back. Um, that is a eleven. Quite good. Yes, you get to ask two questions. Would what's the biggest way to protect the victims be right here? Oh, 100%. You're able to look. I'll have to try to do my best to describe this accurately. You sort of look at Ashton's breathing and it does seem labored. A few things. Ashton seems very stressed out by this environment. And you know that probably getting them out of it into somewhere that they can mm-hmm. sleep for a bit. Most broken ribs, I was actually trying to look this up a little bit. So I may not have this perfect. So please don't take this as actual medical advice, uh, anyone listening. <laughs> but we are a podcast. Typically broken ribs, the best thing that you want to do, like they'll heal okay on their own, but they won't heal great if you keep trying to move or mm-hmm. like do stuff with yeah. them. That's where you can get stuff worse. <laughs> Again, Ashton's not unstable. So I'm kind of trying to kind of finesse. Mm-hmm. But so... But he shouldn't be moving around a ton if he wants this to heal properly. Okay. He needs, you need to get him somewhere where he can lay down, relatively quiet space, not as stressful, get him some rest. Mm-hmm. Plus, if he puts puts around yeah. too much, he could puncture a lung. Okay, the other thing yeah. that you know in terms of best way to protect the victims. You, Tempest, right? Mm-hmm. I actually probably maybe have, um, I mean, Dane has such a long history and Ashton probably has some experience too, but you have, you know, some medical knowledge yeah. and you know that probably even amongst your group, unless someone has a medical degree you don't know about, you might want to also get Ashton checked out by someone more, yeah. you know, with some a more medical experience. A proper doctor. I have one more, right? I don't know if there's anything else I need to ask. A resp- so respiratory therapist, um, does that track, Clyde? Do I have the right yeah. idea there? Yeah, there's okay. really nothing you well, can do. Well, we no, have I an mean, expert, A. Yeah. Oh, this is great. It's not just Daisy anymore. <laughs> uh, having to answer all the other questions. I can answer I most, also I can answer most medical for, uh, things. Decomposition related things. So that's been helpful. Um, but, uh, well, I mean, whatever, you know, yeah. you don't have to ask the questions, but I, I will definitely, get, you know, this is your chance. Mm. You have two more yeah, to ask. I Feel think, free to use them. Uh, did we already just answer what's the biggest threat? The biggest potential threat 
is that whatever did this could still be in the area. Ah, <laughs> and, yes. and I think it sort of snaps like, they, you know, it seems like maybe this was a revenge thing, but it could just be that y'all weren't there. And so they took the next best action. And maybe now that y'all are back, whoever or whatever did this is going to, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's another hellhound that scratched it in a more sentient one or something. Who knows what did it, but that's the potential there. Hmm. And then whatever question yeah. you want to ask. I'm between best way out and dangerous we haven't noticed. Give me a second. I actually do have something for dangerous we haven't noticed. Yeah, le- le- that. That, that then, yeah. This would be a danger you, Tempest, maybe have not noticed. Mm-hmm. Ashton might be thinking of it, but Ashton's clearly too much in shock and in too much pain to relay all this properly. Yeah. Yes, you need to get Ashton out of there. Apparently, you were picking up some of the stuff from Dane. There's some important stuff, and there's five of you. And one of you is, uh, Ashton is clearly incapacitated. Cassandra's not doing great. You need to get them to a safe spot, but you also, the idea of leaving all of this stuff behind completely unsecured is probably, like you think, probably not great either. I think they'll be like, fuck. We, this is more than I can handle. He needs proper help, but we need to at least get him out of here. But I don't know, is there, you, you guys know spooky shit. Is this safe to to leave whatever weird bullshit you have around? Dane looks to Ashton. Is Ashton conscious? He doesn't say anything. (laughs) Ashton is kind of going in and out a little bit, and it's definitely hard to speak slash breathe. So you could try, but bear that in mind, Ashton, if you try to, like, you're not going to be able to relay to them a very specific set of directions on what to do. You're not in that shape. He's still in his head a bit caught up in all of this and he's thinking for a second and he hears about his things and the one thing that passes through his mind is that he needs to deal with one thing at a time first uh and oh bottle, our little boy's grown up yeah and uh okay. bottle, bottle this up for a bit but since you know he's going in and out of consciousness he's not doing so hot he will point towards his fridge um did you hungry what Sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Daniel is still holding Cassandra. I will bring the whole fridge. No. Magnet. Magnet? No. Grab those? Use magnets. Do you know how to work a meat fridge? Meat fridge. I can't remember if I, I honestly can't remember if I was there for that, if Dane was there for that. He wasn't. Dane was not there for that. Okay, cool. Uh, Okay. He's still sputtering, so he'll go. uh, Green? Green green magnet. They kneel down beside him so you can hear better and be like, you want me to grab that? I'm surprised that, you know, Tempest hasn't put this together earlier since we did the whole thing with the fridge and the magnets. You do, Um, Tempest, it's been a long day for Tempest (laughs) and they don't know how to work that thing, man. He's not looking at it at you if you like crouch yeah. down to him. Like Dana said, he's going in and out of it, but he's gonna just try to get himself up. Oh no, no. You are yeah, not it's ready. Not it. You you black out yeah. if you try that and you just fall back down to the ground. Like any exertion is not in the cards here. Okay. Do do you remember how to make the fridge do the weird shit? I think that's what he wants. Uh wait, fridge fridge do the weird what? What did what are you talking about? Weird magic fridge opens into meat sometimes. Um, something to do with the magnets. I don't know. He showed me, but I don't remember exactly. Okay. Um, which fridge? Are there more than one? 
They will. Was there more than one Ashton? This is an important detail. Only one fridge. Looks yeah. at the okay. one fridge. You walk over. You're like that fridge. Oh, okay. Uh, um, uh, what what did what did you do with it last time? I don't remember. Um, no. So is this Daisy doesn't remember or Tempest doesn't remember? Daisy doesn't remember. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sargas. I've been ed- I've been editing this exact episode, mm-hmm. so I've been listening to this moment. I'll give you this thing because I think if D- Daisy. Uh, is having a harder time than Tempest probably would, which is fair because it's been longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, Ashton puts the button on the fridge and then presses the button and they go to okay. a different space. Yeah. Then I think they would check that Ashton is breathing and then get up and go do that. <laughs> you find a button. What is the button they would be looking for, Ashton? What, what? There is like a slew of magnets that are on the side, of course, along with like the first one that uh, he used to show Tempest earlier that opened the meat fridge. Mm-hmm. Um the if you're looking for a green one, the only green one you would see would be a mainly green one that says Las Vegas on it in big golden letters um, and a green border. And it has a button in the middle of the A. Yeah, I think they take a second to think of exactly how Ashton did and try and do it the same way with the positioning and the pressing. I mean, I think you would remember it again. It's been months for you, Daisy. It's not been that long yeah. for Tempest. It would be fresh enough in their mind. Tempest hours. You slap the magnet on. Um, so I actually want you to roll. I don't think Ashton would have to roll in this case, but I want you to roll use magic because this is literally the first time you're <laughs> trying to do much of anything weird related. So just 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 a straight roll then. Oh, that's a 10. Yo, stop. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think uh, you noticed the magnet's been melted a little bit and there's like a party that's like, all right. And you push the button. And I mean, Ashton, you're not conscious, but you're the one to describe to us what would happen if Tempest presses this button. So Tempest presses the button and, uh, you know, the fridge. I don't know if the house would have power still. Probably not. Probably not because, like, the generator might have overheated or something. Magic. Because it is inside. But there's a shift in the air around the fridge as if everything had been sucked out really quickly and then, like, just thrown back in. Um, Huh. I think they opened the fridge. Yeah, what do they see inside? Not a fridge. (laughs) Ah, darn. You open the fridge and you see it just opens up into a very, very dark room that looks longer and wider than the fridge itself. And as you open the main part of the fridge, you notice that there are no shelves. It's more of a doorway. And in front of you dangles a small little piece of string with one of those like little plastic bits at the end. It's a doorway to my brain. Empty. I think they will be like, okay, and then pull the string. You just hear and uh, some lights turn on in uh, there and you see that it's about the size of my room here. It's not big, but it's definitely sizable. You could fit a lot of things in there. It's completely empty. Yeah, that's it. What, what are we supposed to do with that? Um, First off, it's kind of cool, actually. Second, um, more useful than meat, but not by much. Yeah, more useful than wait, meat. I'll explain later. OK. Um, I mean, it looks like we could get him inside. It's like a safe spot. But I don't know. I don't know how easy it would be to get back out again. I don't know how this works. Yeah. And I don't like the idea of being caught here inside a fridge if whatever decides to burn this place down comes back. Hmm? Okay. So what's plan B then? Um, I mean, I have a hotel. 
that's probably not safe, right? Is that safe? Uh, wait, was it, was it the hotel run by the dude that killed his business partner? But he probably would, but, oh, oh, wait. Probably wouldn't kill us because it'd be bad for business, right? Exactly. Look, this place, uh. we're in the, and we're in the off season. That guy needs money. Yeah. Okay, I actually think I see where you're going with this, newbie. I think you might have something. Okay, like, but wait. Like, you know, um, we can help him, he can help us by not, I don't know, calling the cops or something. It's great. Yeah. It's good. It's always good when no one calls the cops on anyone. I really love when that happens. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, M walks out, because Dane, you're kind of tending to Cassandra. Ashton is is knocked out. Uh, M's like, okay, new, newbie here actually has a pretty good plan. Um, Thanks. No, no, actually, like, I mean, no, no, uh, you know, credit where credit's due. Oh, um, Thanks. Uh, apparently in the fridge, there's a whole other room. I don't really know what, uh, what Ashton would want us to do with that, but we might actually have a better backup, which is if we go back, if we go, if we go back to the anchor, the hotel that, uh, that a new newbie here is staying at, um, we could just get, you know, Cassandra can maybe recover there. Ashton can recover, um, and you know we can just rest up. I don't. The only the only loose end is what do we do about all the stuff? Can we take it with Maybe, us? Wait. Oh. Oh shit. That's what the room is for. Oh. Fucking oh, finally. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh duh. Oh my god. I feel so stupid. Um. Okay. Wait. That's what this is. Literally the DM figuring this out in real time. This is me also uh, figuring this out in real time. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean actually that was a good little puzzle there. Thanks, Ashton. No problem. <laughs> okay. Wait. No. no. <laughs> Okay. Unconscious on the floor with multiple broken ribs. Just like. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. Wait. So big guy, you and me are going to get everything packed up. Um, and, you know, maybe. Uh, yeah. Let's get. Uh, um, Cassandra, are you okay to just chill for a bit? Cassandra nods. Okay. Um, Tempest, you just stick out here with them for a sec. Got me it. and big guy will get as much as we can moved in there. And. Then we're out. Okay, yeah. Ashton, you guys have tried to make it as comfortable as possible, but still mostly just out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, Tempest, you know that moving him around, and Clyde, you can back me up on this, moving him around is probably yeah. not the best. You would want to get him in a stable spot and get him set up. Yeah, put his ass on a stretcher. Oh, this is great. We have experts on so many different things. <laughs> At Tempest and Cassandra, y'all are just kind of waiting up there. Dane and M are getting as much stuff as they can. I actually think maybe they work out a system uh, if you're okay with this, Dan. I think uh, M is like, okay, so you just go down there and lift stuff up to me and I'll take it out to the uh, room. Got it. All right. Hup, hup. <laughs> M's spirits have been decent throughout most of this, definitely compared to the upper four of you. <laughs> Why that is, you don't really know. It could just be their way of handling it. There could be another reason, but they, they actually seem like they're you know able to take charge in this sort of shitty situation. Cassandra and... Tempest, did y'all say anything? I think this whole process probably takes at least 20, 30 minutes. Uh, if Ashton's still out, Tempest would be like, are you okay? You might want to see a doctor. I'm not sure what that was, but it looked bad. Cassandra just gives Tempest a side eye and then goes back to looking in front of them, just staring in front of them. <laughs> okay, good time. Damn. Ain't getting no sympathy today. <laughs> All right. Well, the DM was attempting to facilitate a character moment. I guess that does count as a character moment. A <laughs> character moment is fuck off. <laughs> Apparently, jeez. Actually, I will give you something, Cassandra, then, mm-hmm. while this is happening. You feel a little bit of a 
tightness. It's not in your chest. It's actually around your neck. You've probably experienced this for Cassandra. You know that it relates to the gem that is around your neck. Cassandra will take the necklace off and... It's not the same necklace we saw you wearing in the flashback to your birthday, right? It is. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Cassandra's just like looking at it, um, especially giving some detail to the gem itself. Okay. You described it in the first episode as being chartreuse, right? Mm-hmm. You notice that some of those flecks of chartreuse color are breaking off and the original black is sort of poking through. The other thing that you notice is that the color around the gem, any object around it, it both seems like the like the color is getting pulled out, which makes anything around the gym look both a little bit darker and more bleached, like like grayscale bleached out. The fuck is going on? <laughs> That's a good question. Question. Yeah. And this, I can work with either answer to this. Has Cassandra ever seen the gym be like this before? The cracking, yes. The color sapping, no. Okay. I think maybe we mentioned something in the first episode about it pulling light in a little bit, but this looks, the color thing might be definitely new. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Just at a glance. That's all you see. And uh, Cassandra will actually put it in the bag. Okay. You just sort of shove it in the bag, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You kind of do it in a sort of way like you want to get rid of it? Just just being like, something's happening. Can't have it around my neck. It feels like it's trying to choke me. So it's put it in the bag. You put it in the bag and you take a deep breath and you feel that tightness on your neck again and you reach up and it's back on your neck again. Shit. You don't feel like you're going to die or like left. It just feels vaguely uncomfortable. It's annoying. Was there anything else you would want to do to look at it, or did we just kind of... No. Just, does Tempest have have anything to say about this? Yeah, I think think you you see Cassandra doing all of this. Tempest has thought the better of remarking on anything at this point. They are sitting. (laughs) They are sitting, and they are, like, in a place where they are not quite safe enough yet to be having all the emotions that they're having, so they are just sitting with, like, a stone face, just... Not gonna panic now. Not gonna panic now. Can panic when it gets to the hotel. I can have a nice long shower and scream. It doesn't matter. Just not now. That is the uh, face journey that's happening right now. Yeah. Around that time, you hear Em shut the fridge. She looks to you, Dan. Like I think we got. I think we got everything. And she extends her hand for like a high five. Nice job, bud. <laughs> um, Dane will kind of go up. So great. Really awkwardly, high five. <laughs> All right, we'll practice that later. Um, okay, so we're gonna get. Uh, what, what? We've only got the truck. We're going to get it over to hotel. And then I guess I ditch it somewhere, right? Because we don't want it just outside the hotel because we, we, I, I, did, I did steal this. Sounds fine. Mm. As long as she's not driving my car. Well, your car is not there to be driven. I know. So. I'm glad that it's not on the priority list. Also, <laughs> honestly, Em could steal your car in a heartbeat probably if she wanted to. So do not tempt her. <laughs> As you go to load up, Dane, uh, you notice Em stops at her car for a bit. And she's looking at her car with the broken windshield, mind you. Very much with the same way that Ashton was looking at his whole burnt out house earlier. Yeah. Oh, God. I do not. I cannot afford this. I'm just going to figure this out. All right. All right. Just take a deep breath. You got this. I will help you take care of it. Oh, that's, uh, thanks. I mean, I guess you did break it, so that's probably the right. Do you have, do you, I mean, you had a hundred dollars earlier. I assume you have, or do you, is, was that your last, please don't tell me that was your last hundred dollars. They pull out their wallet and they look inside. I have a 50. I don't know if, I, 
Small note, another thing that Dana has done in her quest of research is look up how much a windshield replacement costs. And it's usually closer to like 100, 200. You probably need a little bit more. I will get more. Okay. She just looks kind of sad. <laughs> Let's go. We got to get, we got to get, uh, we got to get a kid over there in the back. Safety. And get your friends up. Let's just head out. Before Dane goes, Dane will look around and what of Slurpee. Um, I <laughs> guess I can watch Slurpee uh, out here. I'll take, can I, ta- I'll take her with me when we ditch. She can, um, when I ditch the car. I mean, if, if she keeps quiet, will it be a problem? I love her. Can she, A, can she keep quiet and B, I mean, I, you know, we've kind of got it worked out so we can, you know, not, do you think hotel guy is just going to love if, a, if, if I love Slurpee, but I don't know. Wait, I'll pay I an have, extra. I have an idea. Okay, Dane, I'm really curious to know what you're going to do next here. This happened one time when we were out in the city. There was a, I think they call it a convention. This is just a costume for our dog. A very expensive and intricate costume. I mean, I don't have anything better. (laughs) No, I don't either. Yeah. All right. So the the group of you pile into the truck. Um, Now, question. Do you try to put Ashton in on the back seat or do you try to put him in the back and someone holds him stable? Like, what's the plan? Uh, back seat would probably be the best spot. You put him in across the back seat. M is going to drive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, we don't have to. Like, someone yeah. sits shotgun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and someone else sits in the back. Yeah. Dane um, will be in the back with maybe, Probably Cassandra sits shotgun, and then maybe uh, Tempest and Dane are in the back. Are uh, in the yeah, back. Yeah, Tempest will probably want to stay with Ashton. They've decided they are probably the person with medical experience. Very limited. Yeah, yeah. So the four of you in the front, and then Dane just in the back of, in the bed of the truck with Slurpee. It's so weird being unconscious. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You'll get to do fun stuff in a sec. Um, <laughs> I, although Celeste is over here like, ha! <laughs> <laughs> um, you all pull up to the Anchor Hotel. Now, you do notice some folks are still kind of out, like there's still some activity, not necessarily around the hotel, but around the shoreline. You pull up. Tempest, are you going to be the first one to enter? I think so, yeah. I think they're going to see if Archibald's there. You open the door to find Archibald sort of running around trying to like, there's some leaks in the ceiling area or in the windows, like some stuff is, but like it's a storm has rolled through Mm -hmm. a pretty bad one. And then a giant teleportation induced wave probably crashed in on the beach Mm -hmm. as well. Um, It's like, oh, um, uh, hello. uh, Hi, do you need help? Um, I, I, uh, I mean, I am supposed to be your exceedingly humble host. I should not require look, any assistance. Ar- look, Archibald, I'm going to be straight with you. Shit's really, really weird around here. I don't think it matters if I grab a leak. Uh, um, uh, yeah, actually, uh, if uh, that's very kind of you. Do you mind? Yeah. Um, he points you over to, like, a spot that needs some help. Yeah, they will go over and be like, um, so... I don't know how to phrase this. <laughs> it is out of character. Awkward. We don't know what to say. I think they're like. <laughs> no, just then, just go with it. Yeah. Just do, do it. it. Yeah, yeah. Do I it. think Tennis is like, um, so if I perchance needed to get a room for a friend who is not in a state to drive home, 
would that be all right? Maybe? Right. I see you took my recommendation to go to the Oyster's Pearl and have acquired some. Like, that's completely acceptable. Do, do you need... I've, uh, your room does have uh, uh, two two beds. Oh, in does it? If you Fuck yeah. Then, uh, sure, we're just going to say that. Yeah, you got, you yeah got that, that's good. Just wanted to get, get the okay on that. As said, things are a little weird. So, sure. Yeah. What what you choose to do with the room provided you keep it in awesome. proper condition and, to check out on time is largely yeah, up to yeah. you. It's like, look, again, I will be real with you. They look a little fucked up. Everything's fine. I'm going to leave the best I'm, Yelp review on this place. Just, we're good, right? Are we good? He looks like, uh, are they... Are they all right? Do they They're, require medical attention? Um, don't, maybe. We don't know if they have money. Uh, what's what appear? What what? Where, where are they at the moment? Are they outside? Yes. Um, are they able to walk? <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> maybe. Um, can can? Is there anyone else? Is it just the two of you? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> what I have envisioned is that currently just Tempest has walked in. Oh, and he's yeah. asking, like, because your yeah. friend hasn't walked in Excellent. either. And so he's like, where are they? And do you, can you help with that? He pauses. He goes behind his little uh, desk and he goes underneath it and he pulls out a little black bag with a little red cross on it. He's like, I have some uh, training in, in the medical field. I haven't practiced in some time, but... I might be able to be of uh, uh, exceedingly humble and of assistance and all that. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, do, um, do you uh, do you need help getting your friend inside if they I are unable to walk? I think maybe. Here. Uh, yeah, I think they would go over the door and be like, guys, uh, good news. <laughs> are you ready for this image that I have in my head? Yes, I am ready. <laughs> All right. You see, like, Dane has, like, constructed a leash for Slurpee out of the remainders of their tattered poncho and has Cassandra slung over one shoulder and still holding Slurpee with that same hand and is trying, uh, like, or, and is trying to coordinate with M to get Ashton out of the truck. <laughs> And it's like, okay, wait, and, and, I need, I need, I'm sorry. I need to just run that. So you have a leash fashioned out of what for Slurpee? Out of like the strips of the poncho, <laughs> kind of like fashioned into like a slip lead. All right, so you made a, I made a leash. I made a leash. And Slurpee is just walking. But yeah, like on, on the leash. And and uh, Cassandra is slung over that same shoulder, like it's holding Slurpee. And Dane is holding Ashton's foot with the other one and is trying to coordinate with M on trying to get them out of the back seat. <laughs> I think so just as a small thing, Cassandra is conscious yeah, and able no, to walk Cassandra at this point. Cassandra has a very annoyed face oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, no. and is like, Dane, Dane, I can, I can walk, I can stand up. You should rest. Now on three we pull, no. I no, think you. Cassandra <laughs> will just make their way off of Dane. Yeah. I think Dane before, too preoccupied with Ashton. Yeah. Before Archibald says anything, Tempest will go, I, I, I'm so sorry. For all of this. Dane's holding Ashton, correct? The foot. Yeah. I'm holding the foot. So you're just dragging him? 
No, 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 no. Just kind uh, of like em has got you by the they're trying M's like, I probably am better off just carrying him by myself, dude. You don't have to carry everybody. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, as they like they carry him and I imagine just like fumble with him a little bit. Um Oh my god. His big knife will fall out of his jacket. I think it falls and like uh M's like, oh shit, and tries to like pre- like dodge her foot from getting yeah. stabbed by this yeah. big knife. That's it. I, I there's nothing I can do, so I'm just like trying yeah. to. Find I promise you're gonna things. get a really good scene here in a second. Hell yeah! And, uh, Excellent. Uh, yeah, it's, but, it yeah. adds in flows. But but Tempest, you're like I'm. You know. Oh my god! I'm, it was a wild night. Um, it was a wild night. That's for fucking sure. <laughs> Archibald looks at the scene in particular as any normal person would do. Slurpy goes, "All right, it's finally happened." I have lost my mind. I've been here alone in this hotel for too long. I should never have stayed. I should have probably just left when Mavis did. I shouldn't have stayed here. It's a terrible. It is what they call a cosplay. All right. Nope. Uh, Get him up to the bed. Apparently, I'm either dreaming or insane, and there's probably nothing I can do about either of those. So let's just let's just explore the space. Yeah, same. <laughs> Explore the space. <laughs> Play with me in the space. He's taking this easier than I thought he would. I mean, clearly I've gone crazy, so it's fine. It's fine. She's great. She's friendly. Oh, it's fine. All right. And then I, I would just, uh, jokingly, I would love for Dane to just like open up some of the mouths and be like, oh, <laughs> Yep, nope. Insanity. I could never dream anything this weird. <laughs> I'm clearly insane. It's Saturday. <laughs> That's his explanation. <laughs> they, they don't walk past and like pat Archibald on the shoulder. It is good to meet someone who can gracefully receive the truth and walk up. <laughs> walk up. Wait, so did that actually happen? I want it happens now. I want it to yeah, happen. Absolutely, it happens. Okay. okay. Again, Arch- Archibald is kind of convinced that he's. It's been such a terrible, strange night. He's probably am convinced that he lost his mind at this point. Tempest will also like pat him on the shoulder, just just where Dane did, and be like, "If if it helps, you're do- you're doing a lot better than I did." <laughs> <laughs> You do get Ashton up to the bed, and Archibald begins sort of looking him over, and it's like, "He, what, what, what exactly it uh, happened?" Um, I think he's already identified that probably, like, he's a, he's a doctor. He's identified that the ribs are broken. But. Sir, do you really, really want us to tell you that? Because it's weirder than this. How did I get my ribs broken? <laughs> a, a giant. I think it was a crack in tentacle broke them. Yep. Um, Just say sea life. <laughs> short answer: He fell off a boat. This this appears to be more of like a compression injury to heal. Do you really want to know? It, just from a perspective of medical care, I don't have to know the details, but. Yeah, compression of some kind got grabbed by a thing. Grabbed by a thing, all right. And he actually begins looking over Ashton. You know, probably does some things to check his breathing. Uh, actually, this is good. Clyde, what would someone in this situation do? Oh. As best as you know. You don't have to know perfectly, just like you probably know better than I do, so. Oh, if like treating the broken rib, uh, basically just kind of trying to make the work easier for them. You know, if you have some access to oxygen so they don't have to breathe so hard, um, everything, rest, 
and all of that strict bed rest because you got to let it set there's nothing you can do really this backs up what i thought from just my little google searches over the week which is that archibald isn't going to do a ton to intervene he's going to look him over check his breathing and say i don't have fortunately i don't have access to oxygen that might make his situation easier however the simplest thing we can do for your friend is uh make make sure he stays uh resting and um is how um when when did he lose consciousness? Um, half an hour, maybe, maybe more. Right. Um, he might be a little disoriented when he wakes up, and if he tries to move or struggle or anything, that could be. Is there? How well do you all know this person? This morning. He looks around at everyone else. Em kind of shrugs, like same. Cassandra and Dane, do y'all have the same sort of reaction? Or? I know of him. Um, well, if he could wake up to a familiar face, that might be helpful, but apparently that's not an option no. currently. We have an option. And we'll lift up Slurpee. <laughs> right. Yep. The animal. Okay, I just... Just... What, 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 what is... Just so that I know what I'm hallucinating. She's um a weird dog, I think. I, my eyes could have told me that. I was hoping for slightly more specifics, but okay. <laughs> when he uh, when he wakes up, he's likely going to be in pain. You're going to want to give him. He reaches in his bag a couple of these. Um, it's about the limit of... I presume that you aren't going to take him to a hospital because of how weird everything has been. Exactly, Archibald. Exactly. Right. I am going to go take care of the tattered remains of my hotel and my sanity. If you require anything else, I will remain your exceedingly humble host and servant. Thank you. Really? Sure. <laughs> I think as soon as the door closes behind him, time to scope, remind me to leave like a really good tip. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, this man is a saint. <laughs> My God, maybe he killed somebody, but that's fine. You have, yeah, you haven't explored that yet, have you? No. no. What time is it, by the way? Oh, it's, I mean, God, we got to be like middle of the night at this point. Yeah, I was wondering, be... you said like three in the morning. I was wondering how what, close five? we are to sunrise because sunrise is an appropriate time to send a text for a field biologist. Um, we said that we're in late summer, so I'm going to say sunrise... So nautical twilight begins at about 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, astronomical twilight begins at about 5 a.m. Proper daylight begins at about 6.48. Okay. We do way more research for this show than I think most like big budget Hollywood <laughs> or television shows do for anything they do. Yeah. But yeah, are, are we somewhere like 3.34 in the morning? Probably about 4 a.m. Got it. So we got a couple hours before I can text Andy. The okay. other thing that I will tell you is that People might be up because literally a catastrophic thing just happened. Okay, yeah. Then worth them sending a text to Andy just like, hey, are you okay? Weird, heard there was a weird storm thing. You try to do that, and then you remember that your cell service is still not working. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you do know where Andy's house is. You have the address. Not at four in the morning, we don't. With no car. That, that will be too hard to explain. Okay, so now, now, now what? Well, huh. Or was it Ashton is re- resting peacefully, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, you haven't seen his dreams yet, but yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Dane will look to the rest of the group. Is it too early for breakfast? Yes. 
never too early for breakfast. You can have breakfast for dinner. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is, but I'm hungry. What are you thinking? I have not eaten in a significant amount of time. Tired? You make it sound somehow you managed to make that phrase sound scary. <laughs> That's what he does. It's what I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, someone should probably, I know we're going to leave Slurpee with, someone should probably hang out with uh, Sleeping Beauty over there. I she need thinks a I'm nap beautiful. as well. Okay. Um, Cassandra, are you hungry? Yeah, yeah, I could eat. All right, we'll go grab a bite. Do you want us to bring you back anything, Tempest? Sure. Oh, yeah, let's go to sounds, Danny's. sounds good. Any preferences? Food? I don't know. Do you Are you like allergic to anything? No. Cheesecake pancakes, then. What is that? It is pancakes. All right, cheesecake they... pancakes. Let's head out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the, the gaggle of the three of you heads out. Um, <laughs> I think we've strayed away from Ashton for so long. Is everyone okay if I cut to Ashton now? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Please. Oh. As, we're, as we're leaving, the <laughs> camera pans to the brain of Ashton. Tempest is taking Ashton. their nap. It's Ashton's time. My um, mind is an enigma. <laughs> 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 Ooh. All right. It is probably a solid, I forget. How long have you been on your own again, remind me? About seven years, is that what we've been saying? I think it was seven years, maybe a little bit more. Okay, so it's about seven years ago. Um, And you are on your first job solo from your mother. And you aren't solo, well, you didn't start out solo completely. You came into this job with four other hunters and you currently have no idea where they are or if they are alive. And you are holed up in a patient room of a long abandoned mental hospital. Right. You're young, you're probably about 17, 18 at this point. And for all you know, the three other coworkers you've had have met some terrible, untimely demise. And actually I will say, you know that one of them has uh, because you are standing over their body. Yeah, um, he just came upon this, right? Yep, you just came into this room. I've, you actually heard a faint sound from this room from, you were somewhere else in the hospital. You heard what sounded like laughter coming from this room and you've come inside and you see, I'll, I will describe to you visually what you see at first. The first thing that catches you is, so this person is lying on the ground, kind of still and sort of splayed out a bit and across their face is a massive unnatural smile. Okay. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Joker toxin type deal. Yeah, he comes into this room and he, is immediately caught off guard by the smile, just, oh, what, what the? Then he'll kneel down and like poke it, poke uh, his face. Um, okay. So are you trying to look over the body and find something out here? Yeah, he's like trying to figure out what exactly happened here, what caused. Uh, All right, yeah, that's death. an investigative mystery roll right there, my friend. 11 plus. Forgot what I add for investigate a mystery. I think it's sharp. Sharp, but it's already over a ten, so you're good. So you get to ask me two questions. Yeah, what happened here? This is kind of stayed in the obvious. Uh, the smile is not, like I said, not a natural one. They might have died with the expression on their face, but it wasn't. They weren't making a natural expression of time. It's not. It's not like a you know someone dying with an expression of terror on their face or something. It's completely unnatural. But more importantly, you see a couple things. You notice that there are what appear to be bite marks on the body. In particular, there's some on the ankles and the wrist. They go along with the way the body was splayed out, almost like something with teeth held them down, but somehow from below, which is strange. And the bite marks look like human teeth. Okay. 
Is there still blood? The wounds don't look like they necessarily broke the skin extensively. There are some. It looked more like they held the person. The other thing that you notice, actually, is that there is a bullet wound in their leg. It's the other thing you notice. Oh, um, one other thing I'm going to give you. Uh, there, There is blood. Um, the other spot, there's blood. They are bleeding out of their ears. Out of their ears. Interesting. That is where most of the blood has come from. And it, the other thing I'll say is it looks... It's not super doesn't look super dry, so it looks like this happened relatively recently. What's your other question? I was trying to think of a way that I could ask, where is it now, if that's a thing I can... Where did it go? Where did it go, yeah. You don't have to actually check that too much, because you actually hear from down one of the halls, you hear laughter coming, just faintly. It doesn't sound like one voice, it sounds like a lot of voices laughing. Okay. He's alone, he came in here with three other people, and he thinks back to... What they were talking about earlier on the way here in the uh, van ride here, where one of the guys had told him, oh, just stay near me and everything will be fine, kid. What was that guy's name? Paul. Okay, Paul's an older, um, this is this fits into a plan. Paul was a little bit of an older hunter, mm-hmm. um, like even a little bit older than your mom. And I think you probably felt some like, some security around like, okay, like I'm not alone. I got this guy who's more experienced, but you don't know where Paul is currently. Yeah, he knows Paul. He uh, he was like, okay, as long as Paul's here, it should be all right. I, I just don't have to worry. And he'll search over the body as he just did. And then he will stand up after hearing the laughter and sweat is starting to accumulate on his face and brow. And he will look down the hall and he will turn off the flashlight that he had in his hand. And is it nighttime? It is middle of the night. (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Yes. This is some grade A horror shit. Yes. You see from down the hall, one of the rooms, door is closed, but you can see a faint glow from underneath it. And the laughter is coming from that room, just in case I didn't say that. Gotcha. He'll see that and he will get down and get ready to sprint and then he'll just before he takes off he'll be like all he'll say to himself is all right let's start this adventure and he will sprint as fast as he can and ram himself into the door okay you're not really sure what to expect but what you see is maybe slightly more alarming than anything you were expecting you open the door and so you came in with three hunters one of whom is already dead the other is paul who was the Third. Just give me a vague description of them at least. Doesn't have to be anything big. Crew cut army lady, basically. What's her name? Elizabeth. You see Elizabeth, you take in a lot at once and it's more than you can process in the second after you open the door. But what you see is the following. The walls at every surface in this room is covered with this pure white. It looks like it's just coated in white. It's what's giving off the faint glow. It probably wouldn't be enough to see, but it's pitch dark, so it's the only light source. That's not the strangest thing. The terrifying part is, in addition to being covered in white, speckled along, again, the walls, any surface, this white texture within it has hundreds, maybe thousands of mouths. And they're all these big smiles and they're all laughing. And the two things that you notice that make this extra unnerving is the mouths are not, they're human, but they're too perfect. The teeth are bleached white. They're all perfectly straight. The lips are like this perfect, perfect shade of red. And the laughs themselves too, they aren't. Uh, are you okay, Clyde? Yeah, yeah, I'm just, uh, this imagery is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what he dealt with 
on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> and the other thing is the last two, they're human voices, but they're too glassy. They're not warm and slightly imperfect like most people's laughs are. They're just these like... Like hollow laughter. Hollow, yeah. And it's almost taunting. And the other thing that you see is that four of the mouths are holding Elizabeth in the middle and two of them have her ankles. And they're sort of, again, that's where the mouths came from below because they're on the floor and the ceiling and everything. And they're whole, two of them have bitten in. They're still almost laughing as they're biting into her skin, her and her ankles, and they're holding her down. And you see she's starting to laugh. Her face is laughing. Her eyes look terrified. And you can actually see she's starting to bleed out of her ears. What do you do? Phew. Wow. Okay. So... Just for clarification here, by the way, uh, uh, in this picture, Ashton doesn't have his like big cloak that he has. His your jacket, right? Yeah. The beat up one. He doesn't have the beat up one. He's just wearing black suit with red tie on it and everything, and he has like a utility belt. He pulls like his big knife out of the utility belt. You said they're on the walls, right? They're not on the floor. No, no, they're on every they're surface. They're on every Ceiling, surface. Wall, floor. <laughs> like even if you notice on the bed, that white stuff has like coated. Like it looks almost like someone just how to describe this. Like you know if you've ever done in a video game you just slide a texture over a surface oh, yeah it looks like every texture every surface in this room is covered with this white mouth thing he's gonna take that large knife and he is going to drive it as far and as hard as he can into the wall nearest to it okay roll me kicks an ass yo what did you get? I got an experience point. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> it's not just me. You reach out to stab one, and instead, you don't really stab the wall. One of the mouths just moves over, and you just stick your hand right into it, and it grabs you. And then you try to pull back, but it's got... The human mouth is actually a strong muscle in of itself, but it's almost unnaturally strong above that. As you struggle, you feel your ankle gets bitten, and you look down, you see one of them has your ankle, and then your other ankle, another one on the wall grabs your other arm. These mouths, I want to emphasize, they can slide across these surfaces too. They're not like static. They move you coordinatedly down next to Elizabeth. You feel like your head is going to explode from how loud all of these laughs are. And then you hear someone walk through the, like you can barely hear anything else, but you actually hear someone walk through the door and you actually see a figure and you recognize it with the last bit of your sanity as Paul. Like I said with the jacket, Paul is the one wearing the jacket uh, in this one. Okay, okay, yes. Uh, And it looks fairly clean and... Nice. And he runs in carrying what looks to be a tank of gasoline and he shoves it into the wall and tips it into one of the mouths and then tosses a match into the mouth and the wall begins to light up. The mouths pause for a sec and then all at once they all just scream together, like just this blood-curdling, terrifying scream. And then all of the walls catch fire, and you don't remember much. You're kind of still a little bit out of it, and your ears are ringing, but you feel Paul pick you up and get out of the room and set you down. Is this, are my, like, my ears are ringing and stuff. Your ears are ringing. You start to come back to a little bit, though. He will, uh, uh now that he's set down, he's... <sighs> I hate comedy. Yeah, it's all right. Um, You okay there, kid? Yeah, I'm fine. Just, uh, it caught me by surprise. Yeah, it looks like it. Looks like it got Elizabeth by surprise, too. Is she, is she all right? I don't think so, kid. Oh, fuck. <sighs> where, where, where were you? We, we, uh, we all got split up there back, back a while back. 
I don't... I don't know. It's just... The other one is dead. Uh... You found the... Wait. You found Kyle's body? Yeah. He, uh... Looks like I got him too. Would have been great if they gave us more information on... <sighs> Did you notice... Uh, you notice anything else on him? Just anything ever? bite marks. Smiling like... Just heard the world's funniest joke. Um, so another thing I'll just note, you did know that he had a bullet wound in his leg. Do you relay that to Paul or do you keep that to yourself? No, he doesn't say anything about it. Okay. Uh, that's unfortunate. Um, do you mind, uh, do you mind, uh, sorry, I got a, he looks down, he's got a cut on his side. I was getting the gasoline from one of the rooms earlier and I slipped. I think I might have an infection or something here. Do you mind, uh, just go in and, I'm sorry, you have to do this, kid. Just check on uh, Elizabeth, uh, you know, get any anything. We might want to get back to her friends or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure thing, Paul. Okay, good. And he'll scramble over and see uh, if there's anything, like, uh, since she is our male lady, she might have dog tags or, you know. Yeah. Uh, just search for anything like that. Okay, you're looking. You find some dog tags on her. Ashton, your mom is one of the best monster hunters alive and as we have said before she taught you everything you know the hairs on the back of your neck just prick up like something is behind you like just instinctually like some part is like some sixth sense almost that you have recognized like here's a footstep or something like that he feels that and he immediately reaches for the gun on elizabeth's ulcer and pulls it out and whips around you whip around to see paul pointing his gun at you It's going to be so much easier if I didn't have to look in your eyes when I did it. <sighs> really? Sorry, kid. You know the reward's not big enough to split two ways. You know, I was going to... I hated to... <laughs> it's a shame what had to happen to Kyle, too. Two of us were in there, only one of us was going to get out. Yeah, real damn shame. Yep. Uh-huh. So, here we are. Two blokes putting their guns at each other. One's gonna shoot. Just wonder who's, who's it's gonna be. Look, kid, I... Fires his gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You fire it. And where were you aiming for? Just anywhere, like, in the chest? Oh, just the, the fucking chest. <laughs> yeah. You hit him in the chest... And Paul staggers back. He drops his gun and then he just slumps against the wall, breathing heavily. <laughs> uh, you. <laughs> oh, you really are Olivia's kid, aren't you? What, you think I was just gonna let you finish your sentence? He laughs, he doesn't say anything, he just laughs. And he, just like Elizabeth and just like Kyle, dies with a smile on his face that is fixed. And you are alone in the hospital. Bro. He stands there with the gun in his hands and he uh, tosses it to the floor and he looks at Paul, or Paul's dead body, and he goes, uh, <sighs> You know, I wish we weren't old bastards. And uh, 
he'll think for a moment. He'll take a he'll take a moment and he'll think and he'll uh, think of how Paul seemed like an alright guy. Yeah, yeah, he did. Paul seemed like a a good person that he could trust, and he thought that if he let his guard down for a moment, that maybe you know he didn't have to worry about someone or something uh, trying to catch their eyes on him and he was wrong and his he this confirms the thought that he's had in his head for the past couple of months thinking that with his mom gone he just can't trust anyone until she gets back but he'll rationalize it he'll say no Paul was a good person he just wasn't the right headspace and uh, he'll he'll begin to get all the bodies together because he's had this kind of thing happen before, but this is the first time it's ever happened alone. He's done so many different things with his mother before. He's been to places that people just couldn't even dream of being to, and now he has to do this all by himself. And so for the moment, he goes and he puts himself in his mom's shoes and he does what his mom told him when he was a kid to do when he's scared and that's just to play pretend and to make sure that everything's all right and he will begin to bring the bodies outside of the uh, all the bodies the other three and he'll bring them out to the front uh courtyard of the abandoned uh, mental hospital and he'll have the gasoline with him as well and he'll just hose him down and think for a moment as he looks at their piled corpses and he'll go over to Paul and he will take his jacket off of him and he will just fold it up and toss it onto the hood of the van and with one last look he'll light a match and just toss it onto the pile and watches his mates who are just alive a few minutes ago, all of them, watch their bodies burn. Yeah, we have this image of you tossing the match and then turning around, grabbing the coat. I actually, if you're okay with this, I like the idea that you you sling the coat on, get in the car, van, and, and drive off. Yeah. It's kind of the moment Ashton sort of becomes more of the person we're used to seeing yeah. now. Yeah, that's great. I want to cut to Tempest. You're still uh, alone in mm-hmm. the hotel. Ashton is knocked out. Archibald is presumably downstairs trying to get his hotel back in order. Yeah. The other three have left. Is there um, is there a phone in the room? I know that cell phones aren't down, but the lines might be up. They want to try that. Archibald comes up and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot all of this in the hubbub. Uh, a-, a man was calling or you hear earlier saying you were apparently staying at the hotel. He seemed very alarmed. I said oh, that you fuck. were out at the moment. Um, of course, yeah, of course he would call. Um, uh, he the... did leave a number. I can, Please, I can give it to you. That'd be great. Is the are the phones working? Uh, the landlines apparently are. Cell yes. service appears great. to be out. Thanks. Is do, can I? Where? They are like uh, stumbling a, over a, their words. There, there's a phone in in your room if you would like some privacy. Please, thanks. I thanks. Okay. Did you put Ashton in your room? That was the plan, right? So yes. you're just there with an unconscious Ashton, who's probably like maybe twitching a little yeah. bit, but can't twitch much given their inability to breathe. Great. Uh-huh. I think they stare out the window. It's like oh, it's the middle of the night. Fuck it. Fuck it. And dial. 
Uh, hello? Hi, I'm so sorry. I know it's late. I just heard there was, like, some kind of flood. I wanted to check you were okay. I'm sorry, who are you calling for? Oh! Oh! Hi, sorry. I was looking for Andy? Did, did I get the right number? Oh, oh, no. Uh, hey, babe? Hey, babe, someone's here to talk to you. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize the voice for Oh, my minute. God! Uh, um... Uh, hi, hello. Hi, are you... I'm sorry, I know are it's late. Are you okay? I was, I'm sorry, I, I, we were talking and the phone went out and I realized it's late and I haven't, I've been trying to figure out where no, you are. It's... I almost came over to the hotel, but I, we've been so busy over here. I'm are you, are you okay? fine, I'm fine. We got, um, we got caught up in the flood a little bit, but we're back here now, we're all right. Oh, I just okay. wanted to... You kind of freaked... They, they laugh and they're like, you, you kind of freaked me out a little bit. Went cutting off like that, I was worried you were... You're, you're okay? I mean, I actually, I guess I was kind of, it's weird, it wasn't exactly the way I thought it was going to be, but I was saying, uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't as bad as I was worried, but those, uh, no, I was going to, I was going to actually, the reason I was asking for your, yeah, your religious friend, I was going to, I was going to, wanted to say, uh, I don't know how she, how she knew, it was kind of weird, but I was going to say thank you for saying not to go out in the boat, because I was looking back at my, uh, my data, and, um, yeah, it, uh, it was, yeah, no, it was saying that, so those, those fluctuations, yeah, the fluctuations I was telling you about, uh, they were getting, bigger and, and longer, like something was sucking in the water longer and pu- pushing it back out, sucking it in and pushing it back out. And I figured the next one was going to be real, real big. And then there was a wave. It just wasn't, I don't know, it's weird. It's not as big as my calculations were predicting. Oh, that's, that's good to sorry, hear. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, you know, I got, got a science no, track again. Are, are you sure you're okay? We're, we're, we're fine. We're, um, we're, they look at the unconscious man in the bed next to them and they go, a little banged up, but okay. I, oh, Andy, this has been the weirdest night. <laughs> um, I guess it has been a little bit weird. I mean, the storm and everything, and then I caught the sights are probably bucked up a little bit. But we'll, oh, we'll definitely. I... <sighs> are you are you sure you're okay there, kiddo? Do you, I mean, I can come over. You can get over here if you need to. Maybe, maybe in a bit. I'm, uh, one of my friends got a little banged up. I'm staying with him till he wakes up, but... Yeah, I, I think I do need to talk to you at, at some point. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I can come over there if you need me to. I mean, give, give, give me your own. Take you, care of the house. If, I mean, if you're not doing anything, maybe. Eh, I mean, pretty sure some of my research have just kind of gone up all bonkers. So I'll, uh, I mean, I ain't got anything to worry about for now. I can head over. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. All right. I'll be here in a bit, kiddo. Just stay safe. Oh. Dana, I love this man so great. much. I love him. <laughs> and he's not dead. And he's not dead. He's not dead. Thank God. I'm so worried. And he yeah. must live. I think they will just like say goodbye, hang up, and then just sort of flop on the bed, probably still in their soaked wet clothes and just stare at the ceiling for a while. Okay, um, we're going to cut briefly over to the other three of you. Uh, did y'all go to Danny's for breakfast? Because that would be the place please, that would Please, please go to Danny's. <laughs> I want some cheesecake pancakes. Let's go. You guys are eating breakfast. Yeah. Danny's is open because, of course, it is. It's like Danny's would be open. It's like the Waffle House the Index. Yeah, it's, a waffle, yeah, it's, it's the, this universe's equivalent of the Waffle House. 24-7, 365, baby. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are sitting there eating your food. I guess... I, I won't. I don't want to have everyone describe everything because I don't want to you know, take forever. But I imagine Dane, you just have a lot of food. Is that accurate? Oh yes, absolutely. Dane okay. Dane takes that fifty dollars and blows it on food. Oh my god. <laughs> and is there Cassandra and the three of you? She's like, so, uh, 
what, what are we doing? What, I mean, I guess we just all, we're just all going to kind of head out from here. Is that the plan? I do, I do kind of need my windshield repaired, though, if I'm going to do that. <laughs> I told you I would fix it. <clears throat> all right. <clears throat> just, you know, kind of the only place I got to live. So, you know, be kind of chill. <clears throat> well, Cassandra. Yeah? Any new hunches? Is she feeling anything? You get a vague hunch. Just a really sort of vague, faint one. The only thing that it gives you is that it has something to do with the map and it has something to do with an object that Dane, I'm going to presume, still has on him. Yes, I do. I do still have. But that's all you get. You get this. Dane, Dane needs to take something that he has and combine it with the map. If you want to figure out where you should go to stop the next bad thing. So something with the map and um, something that Dane has. Not Dane, did you pick up anything recently? Mm. Mm. <laughs> kind of stroke their chin. I did pick up this big glowing ball. And they pull up <laughs> a big blue orb. <laughs> they did just kind of... <laughs> Holy shit, where did you get that? I got it from the creature I killed. Oh, it's like Zelda rules. What? Yeah, you, you, I'm glad we're on the same page about that. She, she looks over <laughs> at Cassandra. Does he play? Does he play video games? I guess not. No, kind of you've, you've seen his phone. <laughs> That's true. Okay, okay. So it's like you kill the big monster, right? It's a big, big, bad monster, and you kill it, and you have you gotta like solve all the clues and everything. And then it turns, it it explodes or turns to ash or whatever, and you get it. And she picks up the thing, and you get a cool prize. And when she does, she's been carrying the map around with her too, and like one of her packs, the backpack starts to twitch. And she's like, oh shit, uh, what's that? She opens it up and pulls out the map and she sets the map down. And this is what happens. The blood on the map starts to pool in the center and now it actually goes out of the map and onto the orb and it covers the orb for a bit. And the orb actually then, uh, the blood around it forms like, like a globe, like a globe of the world. And then one particular part on the globe lights up and then all at once all the blood splashes off of the globe and lands back on the map. And it again reconfigures into words. And the words say the following. The watchman sees the five plus two with knowledge to impart. Go and seek this sweeping view to find the mountain's heart. Then it goes back. It still looks like um, kind of a map of your near surroundings. Head on to Appalachia. <laughs> the Appalachia. Fuck <laughs> <No. laughs> yeah. Let's do old gods. It seems that we have been given a new place to go. Cool. But where is it? Dane shrugs. I will need more time to think. The thoughts are sparse. You got any clue there? And she looks over at Cassandra. Has the feeling changed in any way? Oh, good question. When you feel one of these hunches and it's not so much the acute thing, it's the like, we need to journey across somewhere and go to this place. What does it feel like? Feels like a tug. Like something pulling her to feel, a place. You, you do feel a little bit of a tug. Yeah. Um, would you know the direction of the tug? Would you feel like, is it like a compass? In a way, yeah. Like it, it definitely gets stronger or it feels more reassured when they start traveling in the right you direction. You feel like you're being tugged vaguely down south. It's south. How far south? I don't know. As mm. usual, Dane, we'll know when we get there. I know. I just always hope for it to change. 
So wait, so it's down south? Yes. Road trip! (laughs) (laughs) If it's anywhere near New Orleans, I am hankering for more Cajun food. Yes. Cassandra's just kind of like, not not looking very excited. (laughs) Um, And then just kind of looking at uh, M. It's like you want to stick along. Oh, I mean, I don't... you kind of you you might want the map, I guess. I don't have to. If you don't, I figured you know we we I thought I thought we did good as like a team. It's it's not anybody personally. It's just Dane, as you know, I have a thing when I people know. try to stick with us. These ones have lasted longer than the rest. I know, but that doesn't mean we need to push our luck. There's no pushing luck when I'm around. Yeah, right? Big muscle dude here, what can go wrong? Don't answer that question, Cassandra, it's a trap. (laughs) (laughs) Am looks at you, Cassandra, like, hey, dude, like... I I, I get it, we've all, you know, this line of work, you see some rough shit, you maybe lose some people you care about, but... I know what I'm signing up for. Uh, this looks important, and we might find something useful. I mean, if, if big guy here can't pay for my windshield, I got to find a way to make some money. So maybe maybe we'll get like a different orb next time, and we can maybe we can sell that orb. I don't know. We can charge people to see Slurpee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you think the other two will like? I, I figure newbie's gonna want to like. They got clam science, right? They can't leave. There is ocean and clams further south. Right. All right. I mean, I'm I'm game to join up if y'all are game to, you know, keep doing this. I figure y'all probably going to want the map and it's got my blood in it. And I would love to not give someone else my blood. That's probably not the best. I mean, I don't like I donate blood if I could, but this is like a different scenario than, than that. <laughs> I love him so much. So road, road, road trip. I guess road trip. Road trip. And then we cut from that. Tempest, you've just made your phone call. What do you do? I think, honestly, they're just... It's been a very long day. They are dozing. They, are, they, they did not mean to sleep, but they are, like, in that in-between being asleep and being awake. Do you try to... Did you sleep in the same room as Ashton? I think so, yeah. I, I don't think... Again, I think they didn't think about it. They're just... Sort of like if if there's a loud noise or Slurpee jumps up, they will wake up. But they are not sleeping deeply. But they're just sort of dozing. Speaking of Slurpee, we we see Slurpee. We do. Um, Slurpee looks looks around and notices that uh, you are sleeping, Tempest, and then quietly, actually, almost so as not to wake you, goes up and licks with her tentacles, licks Ashton's face. Um, Ashton, you you wake up. Um, and you see Slurpee over you. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, hey, girl. She licks you, and then she starts to do something. She goes, oh. and she throws up something. <laughs> and you look, and sitting in Not front of you, you haven't seen it. It was Dane technically that saw it, but it looks like the description Dane gave you is a cylindrical metal canister. Oh. Uh. She looks at you expectantly and like nudges it towards you. <sighs> He'll like look around and see if there's anyone else in the room with him. And you see Tempest uh, sleeping. Yeah. 
he'll think for a moment and I'll just shrug and he will sit up as much as he can and grab this cylindrical thing cylinder has like a little screw off top to it all right he'll screw it up you open it and out from the cylinder you you dump it and inside kind of rolled up within the cylinder are photographs and you're a little bit confused as to what they are at first and then you you hold one up to look at it and you see that it's it's a photograph of dane and they're all photographs of dane that in and of itself is weird. But what's weirder is these photographs look, um, I mean, you know, Dane mentioned he's been doing this for a while, but these are photographs from a lot of different time periods. You see some photographs from what well, some which look like they might be, you know, relatively recent. Um, you actually even see maybe one or two where Cassandra's with Dane. But then you see some which are like, it looks like Dane posing with a group of soldiers in what has to be like at least the 1800s and some other photos like that. And then the last thing that you see on one of the photos, it's just a photo of Dane. It looks like a slightly more modern one. Written in big, big block letters is the phrase, do not trust. And the last and most strangest thing about this is that that note is in your handwriting. You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it, I fucking knew it. Don't trust me indeed. I'll seduce the shit out of you. not gonna lie when it talked about the bodies burning i'm like man that's gonna be just a pile of corpses that are slightly they're just charred slightly (laughs) charred yep